Hi, thank you for joining me once again. I am Shahir, and I am doing these podcasts because, like you guys, I am stuck at home. And I was hoping that we could have a discussion and a debate on the larger things in life. The topic I have today uh, is of utmost importance, and the reason for that is is that this is the cause that we are all within our homes, and we all have absolutely nothing to do with our lives, and we are all verging on on the brink of insanity. I am obviously talking about COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, uh, the outbreak. It started in November and started from Wuhan, China, and then spread to the rest of the world. Sadly, to this point, almost 300,000 people around the world have been killed by SARS-CoV-2, and 100,000, almost 100,000, uh, among those people are from the United States. It's it's very uh, ironic to consider what would be happening if. Uh, we weren't in lockdown and if we weren't stuck within our homes because this is the time that every A levels and O level student dreads of, right? Because E's around the corner, and the Cambridge guys they have no idea what to do and they throw your papers right after Eid or on Eid or before Eid, and you are absolutely all over the place. I remember last time I had one exam just uh, after Eid break, the next day after Eid break, and it was just such a rush and it was. Uh, such a such a hassle, and then uh, you know, two 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 months later, when uh, we had Eid al-Adha, on the exact day of Eid al-Adha, I had my result. So if you are a Cambridge student, you completely abhor this period in time, and um, you wish that you don't have to go through it. But the alternative that we got, it is much more horrifying. It is the outbreak of a global pandemic. Now, coronavirus is uh, not the first outbreak that has spread to humans from animals. If we trace the history of disease spreading from uh, animals to humans, then the list goes on and on. Ebola, horrifying disease. If you study its symptoms, it is so horrifying. Um, your intestines melt inside you, and then they leave your body. So, abhorrent disease. Completely bamboozled me. Completely uh, scared me. Ebola, Ebola spread to humans from bats in in the Congo. Similarly, MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, it spread to humans from camels. And along with that, um, another disease that spread to humans is HIV. It spread from monkeys to humans. So SARS-CoV-2 is a very important point in time in understanding that we need to change the way we interact with with animals. Humans need to change the way. They approach animals and the way that they handle them. It, it is important if we are to prevent further future epidemics. Another thing it has shown is that just how interconnected the world is. Uh, within days, the virus was killing people all around the world. The world was shocked at at the speed of this virus, at at how quickly it was operating. So it is a globalized world. Whether you like it or not, it is a globalized world, and you need to live in it. It has also exposed us as humans. Racism has reared its ugly head again among various countries, and I can tell you about the United States. But uh, very wrongly in Pakistan, we tend to assume that the United States has always been a tyrant, and it has always been an oppressor and always been a killer of Muslims. So let us not go there. Let us talk talk about China. Now this country had developed an image around the world as as the cause of the coronavirus. And Asians around the world are suffering racist rants because of this. But what they're doing in China is no better. 
they are marginalizing the black community in China. There's a very small community of black people that lives in China and these people are blaming them. I recently saw a television advertisement and uh, I do believe it was a public service message. It showed a Chinese woman, an Asian woman standing next to a washing machine. And just to convey that we need to keep our distance and we need to maintain good hygiene habits. What they do is that they bring a black man onto the screen and the Chinese woman puts the black man into the washing machine. Just to depict that these guys are, th are the super spreaders of SARS-CoV-2. So it has completely shown us just how biased and just how much of uh, racism still lives within us and how we need to overcome it. It is not something that we have uh, in the 21st century. It is not a battle that we have already won. It is something that we're still struggling with. The reaction of countries has also not been much better. And I say this with particular regard to the United States. The United States has uh, gotten a lot of sympathy from around the world. Rightly so, a lot of people have died over it. It's very sad. But the way that they're treating the rest of the world, I don't think that's justified. And I believe they need to rethink their approach. Uh, an event happened recently. Uh, Germany had bought some masks, some uh, surgical masks, and those 300,000 masks were being shipped to Germany. And on the way, the United States intercepted that shipment, that cargo at Bangkok. And over there, they paid the producers of those masks more than what Germany had paid. And they rerouted that cargo to New York. So you can see from this just how, uh, how the global approach of every man for himself is uh, turning out to be. You can see just how much the world is in sheer panic and how we are showing our ugly sides. I do hope that we consider these things in times of peace as well, that we remember how these countries behave in times of crisis. Anyways, along with the WHO, along with uh, the US, the WHO is also an organization that has been in the headlines uh, and for all the wrong reasons, actually. The WHO, uh, if you know about it, it's a very small organization. It is one of the many subsidiary organizations of the USA, of, of the UN, and it is very underfunded. It is very undermanned. It has a very small scale of operations. It does not have a huge uh, workforce that deploys into every country where a disease has broken out. They don't have the resources for that. And they already struggle to make ends meet. So the WHO is also in the headlines. And that is because the United States is completely uh, unhappy and is completely disillusioned by what the WHO is doing with regards to containing SARS-CoV-2. But I believe this is a time from introspection for the world and for the United States. So I pulled up some statistics. WHO was given a grant of 400 million by the United States in financial year 2019-2020. A grant of 400 million dollars. And in that same year, the United States spent 720 billion dollars on its defense. So this country can spend $720 without blinking an eye on defense. And it is going to be a huge brat about the $400 million, the pennies that is giving to the WHO. That is completely unjustified. And we all need to know that who the, who is on the wrong side in this entire matter, right? So the WHO is being criticized. The United States is acting, um, acting out and the world, the economic reality of the world has also been unearthed. So 
SARS-CoV-2 goes far to show us just how important economic power is in the world and how important economic stability is. So United States spent $3 trillion. And we can't compare the United States to Pakistan, obviously, but just for reference, they spent $3 trillion on restarting their economy and for the welfare of their people. Pakistan, on the other hand, spent $8 billion, which is also a sizable amount if you consider the budget of Pakistan. But India, our next door neighbor, whom we always try to outshine, India spent $220 billion on coronavirus relief efforts. $220 billion. That is the size of Pakistan's GDP. Pakistan's GDP is just $40 billion more than that. The value of every good that is produced in this country by private vendors, by the government, by the military, every good, every service that is produced in this country, India has spent almost that much on its coronavirus relief efforts. So while we try to outshine our neighbor in matters such as creating patriotic songs and movies and trying to post witty tweets and create memes, we need to see what, what actually matters. We need to see what will actually in the long run, long run, distinguish a failed country and add, add an emerging, growing, developing economy. That is very important. And I hope that SARS-CoV-2 shows Pakistan how its approach towards the world is wrong. And frankly speaking, it seems that it's going to take us some time to understand that we are wrong because our approach to coronavirus is also completely uh, unjustified. The argument that is being made around the world, and I'm saying this from a vantage point, I don't have a vested interest in this matter, but the argument that is going around in the world is how should we restart our businesses? How should we restart our economy? How should we uh, kickstart uh, all the closed businesses uh, due to SARS-CoV-2? In, in Europe, they're discussing how will they have uh, tourism later in the year. In the US, they're discussing how should they support small businesses. In Pakistan, we're not having this discussion. In Pakistan, we're discussing if we should open businesses or not, which I believe is a very counterproductive argument. This disease is going to be with us for at least uh, 12 to 18 months, and that's an optimistic timeline. It is during that timeline that uh, we may expect that some sort of vaccine may be developed, and that is optimistic. So can a country realistically expect to have its businesses closed for 12 to 18 months and that to a poor country where most people get daily wages? It's not possible. It is simply wishful thinking and it's simply politicking. We need to boom. We really need to move beyond that. And I hope that by the time SARS-CoV-2 is dealt with, Pakistan has reoriented itself. And talking about by the time this, uh, this menace is over, we need to look towards the future. It has been a very troubling start to the decade, very painful start to the decade, but we need to look beyond that and we need to see what the future holds for us. And we may reach that future through a very promising drug and um, it's called remdesivir. Remdesivir, it is actually a failed Ebola drug. It was created for the treatment of Ebola, but it didn't work uh, for that particular disease and now they're trying to have it uh, redesigned for SARS-CoV-2. But I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just a street man if you consider my knowledge regarding viruses and I'm just, um, I, I don't think I have the scientific uh, reasoning to debate whether it will work or not. But 
uh, it, I don't want to put too much faith in it. It's already failed once, so uh, I, I, I don't know. You tell me. Remdesivir. Along with that, um, another thing that the entire world has accepted as something, as a sort of shared understanding, and this is important that every person know this. Every person should know this thing that the entire world has accepted that some people will die. Everyone has admitted to it in their hearts or in their speeches and uh, they have called it herd immunity which means that all right we'll restart our businesses we'll kickstart our economies some people will die of course but that's going to be a necessary cost that we need to bear now what you and i need to do is we need to ensure that we are not the victims over here that we don't become the scapegoats to develop herd immunity and this is why we need to keep ourselves safe it's every man for himself guys and it's up to you to keep your, yourself and to keep your family safe because the whole world has accepted it some guys are going to die and if you don't want that person to be you or your loved one then you need to buck up and you need to follow all the regulatory protocols that are constantly being circulated around so hopefully we will move past the coronavirus in the near future uh, I too am looking forward to things going back to normal uh, I had dreamed that hopefully this time over I won't have exams and I would be able to celebrate my Eid in peace. But if this is how it's going to turn out, then I'd rather have the exams. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is going well. This is going fine. I'm having a blast doing it. And thank you for all your support. Uh, very thankful to Saad Ahmed and Bilal Arshad for making the podcast possible. And I'll see you next time. Goodbye.